Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support our show. I am so glad that I found Buzzsprout and was lucky enough to start with them. They've been so instrumental in helping me grow That Girl the Podcast. I love that I can look at my stats anytime, anywhere, and know exactly how I'm doing. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Chapter 21, The Spy Who Loved Me. We're finally back in LA, and this may be one of the only times I've actually been happy to be back here. While it's good to get off the grid, going to Coachella isn't really that. I plop down on my bed, arms sprawled out like a starfish, and finally relax. I've told Ryan I need a couple of nights to decompress. He compromises on this with the lunch the day after tomorrow, which I compromise on too. Just as I feel the exhaustion slowly starting to leave my body, I'm suddenly jolted awake, remembering that Ezra and I will be writing together soon. I'm terrified to text him. My insecurity rears its ugly head, and I wish that none of this would have happened to begin with. The last thing I want to do is not only see the guy I used to like, but have to somehow con him into admitting he stole our song. I'm not even sure how I'm going to do this. Visions of spy movies and crime novels pop into my head. They all seem so unbelievable. While this whole thing seems unbelievable, I start devising my plan of action on how to catch a thief. A couple of days later, after a lovely lunch with Ryan, my phone dings with a text from Ezra asking what time on Monday we should write. I decide it's 6pm. He claims he has a session all day during the day, so I comply even though I would have preferred it to be earlier to get this out of the way and done with. He mentions some friends who will be playing a show and having a party afterwards, and asks me if I want to go. I dodge this and say I'll think about it. Back in the day, I would have jumped at the opportunity to write and then mingle with his friends. I'm afraid if I mention us writing the song that ended up on Shayla's record in front of people he knows, he'll gaslight the situation and make me look like I'm making it up to save face. It's all a little too much, and I wonder how the victim could be made into the villain with so little effort. It kills me to keep such a secret to myself. I want to scream at him and tell everyone what he's done. But then he's got me. With no real evidence, I become the crazy girl, and he comes off as the good guy. It's orchestrated so perfectly. It seems almost foolproof. Everyone's gaslighting somebody these days. Everyone thinks everyone else is a sociopath. And maybe it's true. If everyone copies everyone else with their incessant need for fame, money, power, and narcissism, who's to say we all haven't had a little too much of the Kool-Aid and are a little sociopathic by association? Because of this fear, I plan everything out in the next few days. I have a mic set up for us to record our session on as we write. The only potential problem with this is that he would never admit to anything when he knows he's being recorded. So I decide to attach a small lapel mic to an extra iPhone of mine and let it record him talking. I'll hide the phone in between two couch cushions, and if it goes well, he'll never know I'm recording him. That's the only way I can think of to catch him. 
Finally, two days later, it's time. I'm terrified of my plan not working, so I do some test runs hours before he arrives to triple check. I go ahead and attach the lapel mic to the iPhone for the final time and wedge the phone between two couch cushions with the tiny black mic peeping out on top. Finally, two days later, it's time. I'm terrified of my plan not working, so I do some test runs hours before he arrives just to triple check. I go ahead and attach the lapel mic to the iPhone for the final time and wedge the phone between two couch cushions with the tiny black mic peeping out on top. The phone seems to record for as long as I want it to. The longest I've let it run is an hour and 15. I think this should be enough time for us to write and have him admit his wrongdoings. I make sure the phone is charged, that it's queued up, and that there can be absolutely no way for him to realize what's happening. He texts me that he's driving over Laurel Canyon. That gives me about 20 minutes before he's set to arrive. Nerves spike through my body. I double-check everything again. The Pro Tool session is queued up, mics are set, the phone is ready to record. I go into my kitchen and open up my liquor cabinet to grab my bottle of Jack Daniels and take a swig of it to calm down. Finally, I hear a knock at the door, and I know without a doubt that I can't back out now. I hit record on the phone, see it start recording, and bury it into the couch cushions. Everything is set. I walk in what feels like slow motion to answer the door. Before I reach for the handle to open it, I take a deep breath and say a quick prayer, just in case that works. There he is, all 6'3", muscly, with that 5 o'clock shadow and perfect sparkling smile of his. I actually swoon a little, forgetting for a moment that he's trying to ruin my life. He comes in slowly, intentionally towards me for a long, sensuous hug. I wonder if he can feel my heart racing against his warm, inviting chest. I practically melt in his arms until he lets go just a little for us to be staring at each other in the warm embrace. How are you, darling? He asks as smooth as silk. I'm, I say dreamily. Just then, I remember myself and snap out of it. I'm fine. How are you? He smiles knowing his charm is already working on me and pushes my hair back around my ear just like he used to do, and kisses my cheek slowly. It leaves me weak in the knees. He looks at me. I'm just fine, he says, knowing he's trapped me once again. He walks into my living room and straight towards the couch and sits down, arms spread along the top of the cushions in the most relaxed, inviting position. I ask if he'd like anything to drink, and he asks me what I'm drinking. Hell, right now I'd have a Jack and Diet. I say this accidentally, even though I'm simply thinking it. Thank God I'm not a real spy. Something tells me I wouldn't last a day. He says he'll have the same, and before I know it, I'm opening up my liquor cabinet once again, pulling out the jack and making us cocktails like so many times before. While I top off the glasses for us, I remember Ryan and how much I care for him. How I may even love him. This sobers me up. My nerves calm, and I remember what I'm here to do. Not let some asshole take what's mine. I hand him his drink and clink it to cheers him. He beckons me to sit next to him, patting the seat cushion. While I was planning on sitting at my desk chair across from him, I think the mic might pick up his voice better if I'm close to him. I sit down, not too close, but not too far away. I don't want him to suspect anything. I see the black, fuzzy tip of the mic poking through the cushions in between us, and I can't help but think that my plan is working perfectly. I take a sip of my drink and ask, So, how's Torian been going with Shayla? Good. Just going all over with her. 
I haven't barely been home. I wonder if my roommate's given my stuff away. He laughs. I laugh with him, going along with it. So, it's been a good tour? Do you know how long you're going out with her? Yeah, it looks like I'll just keep going. I think with her new album coming out, they're just going to extend this tour and merge it into the next one to promote it. Ah, finally, he mentions her album. This is the moment to ask. I muster up the courage while trying to remain aloof. Speaking of her album, how did our song come out? He takes another sip and smiles at me. What do you mean? I'm shocked. I don't know where he's going with this. I wait another moment longer for him to explain, but he simply stares at me with a knowing smile. I mean, the song we wrote together that got cut for Shayla's album. How did it come out? He doesn't play dumb at all. Just looks at me, waiting to decide on his next move. He rubs my knee. Oh, honey, that song got trashed. I look at him puzzled. What do you mean it got trashed? I mean, it didn't make the album. But I heard there was a song called Fall For You on the new album. That's not our song? He laughs. Oh, no. Ugh, that would be confusing. I did write another song and use the same title. She liked the title, but not so much the song we wrote. I thought you said she loved the song, I say confused. Her people loved it, but at the end of the day, she wasn't 100% on it. These things happen. I lean back bewildered, wondering if all of my anger over this was for nothing at all. Sure, Ezra could have been upfront with me on it. He could have not led me on romantically or professionally. There are so many things he could have done better here. But if Brady was telling me the truth, maybe the truth was just simply, he wrote a song and it did get cut, and the song wasn't our song. I lean back into the couch, feeling stupid for all of the rigging I've done now, and thinking I could catch him like some predator show. Of course he wrote another great song and it got cut. He's always been a great writer, and he's close with Shayla. This is all starting to make sense. A deep sadness comes over me and he can see it. Oh, honey, it's okay. I'm sure there'll be other times. He takes this as his chance to console me by pulling me into him and petting my shoulder like a child. I should have told you a long time ago, he says sweetly. My whole plan is crumbling around my feet, and all I feel is stupid and sad. I guess I was wrong all along. I look at him, his face inching closer to mine. Well, do you want to write? He tilts his head and whispers, Not really. He slowly leans in to kiss me. His lips are soft and sweet, the slightest bit of tobacco lingering on them, maybe from a cigar. I can't tell. It's hypnotic. Just as I realize I'm still kissing him, I pull away suddenly, remembering Ryan and how much I would never want to screw things up. I lean back sharply. Stop. He looks at me intently, still smiling slightly. Are you sure? He asks. Yes, I can't. What we had before was great, but I'm with someone now and I, I just can't. He leans back suddenly sober and detached. Well, darling, if that's what you need to do. He puts on the charm again. But a kiss never hurt anyone. He begins to lean in again and I push him away. It means something to me. He's been denied twice, and apparently this is his signal to leave. He takes one last sip of his drink, brushes the top of his jeans, and stands up. I realize now as he gets ready to leave 
that he didn't even bring his guitar with him. He just brought himself. I guess I should be going then, he says, slightly annoyed. I stand up to walk him to the door. My initial feeling is I want to apologize. But for what, I wonder? I open the front door, give him a half-hearted smile, and say goodbye. He smiles and walks away and out of my life. I close the door and lean on the back of it in total shock. I can't believe everything that's happened today. Everything that's led up to this measly 15 minutes of my life where I found out in the most humiliating of ways that I was wrong. I look at our drinks, sitting there on the coffee table, side by side, sweating. I go over and take a long sip of mine to calm down and look over at the lapel mic still sticking up out of the couch cushions and feel totally stupid. I pull it up and see the wave of sound as it records. I press stop, and then I press play to make sure it picked up. It starts playing from when I answer the door. I hear us saying hello and him coming in. I stop it, not ready to listen to the whole thing right after it's happened. I save it instead and think one day, when I'm very brave, I'll listen to how I totally embarrassed myself. Hey guys, did you know that for $5 a month, you can help support That Girl the Podcast on our new Patreon page? You'll get access to bonus podcast episodes only seen on Patreon, bonus footage on current episodes, Q&As, and everyone's favorite, loopers, and so much more. Because That Girl doesn't have sponsors, you'd be our sponsor. With $5 a month, you can help me keep making the podcast. To sign up, go to patreon.com forward slash thatgirlthepodcast.